Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat, the only podcast brave enough to watch what I can only assume is uh, the strangest movie about specifically vampire motorcycles. I'm John Bishop. Yeah, it's also the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm Lucas Southworth, but I'm more interested in, hey, what's up with the 1990 flick, I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle. Mm Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, haven't watched it, or haven't even heard of it... I gotta imagine it's all of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a movie. We can start off with that much. Uh, it, it's our Halloween spooktacular. We usually try to bring that up at the beginning. I think we're both pretty shaken by the movie we watched last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, sorry if we don't bring the fun Halloween spooky vibes, but we did watch a movie called i i bought a vampire motorcycle not Mm -hmm. even 12 hours ago more than 12 hours ago but it was it's a lot it's yeah it's a lot and it's also somehow not very much yeah i'll agree deeply with that and i'll say right at the beginning i don't know if you all actually ever watch any of the weird movies and shows we watch for this right at the beginning of this if you like bad, so bad they're good movies, as I do, I would sort of recommend this one. It's fun, but just know it is deeply gross, deeply gory, deeply horny, I would say, and maybe worst of all, deeply British, <laughs> <laughs> which is not something I knew going in. <laughs> uh and it's a very specific kind of British. Yeah, it, it's we're not talking about uh, RP, received pronunciation, that sort of highbrow British. We're talking uh, the the common people of 1990s Britain. And again, I didn't know it was British when I turned it on. And never before have I wished so much a movie had closed captioning available because my version did not. I gotta imagine I caught maybe half to three-fourths of what they were saying. Uh, yeah, I can I can see that. Um, and if you're wondering what the uh, culture we're aiming for to try and describe to you is, if you have seen the uh, Kingsman movies, mm. uh, the family that uh, Eggsy comes from, like the the boyfriend of his mother him and his friends those are the good guys in this movie (laughs) if you can call them that yeah (laughs) 
the hero of our story is not a character that I think anyone would think of as a good guy, even if he is the good guy. He's certainly the protagonist. I would mm-hmm. I, I would never call our protagonist Naughty a good person. But okay, we're we're putting the cart ahead of the horse here. This is a podcast about cars. This is our mini series we do origin stories, and even within that, it's our little mini series where we look at a horror movie or a horrific thing each Halloween. That's what we did this time. We're going to connect it to the Cars universe, but we're also just going to tell you what happens in this strange little flick. And if you're wondering what happens in this strange little flick, uh, the title does a good amount of the work for you. Yeah, one thing I thought I appreciated a lot about this movie right at the top is it doesn't make you wait around (laughs) very long. Like, it opens. Okay, we're just into the plot description. That is this section now. Okay. The, mov- the movie opens. <laughs> and uh, there is a group of Satanists, occultists, mm-hmm. so- some devil demon worshiping people who are trying to summon some devil or demon. Mm-hmm. And it's going great. But then a biker gang rolls up. And wielding. Go ahead. <laughs> Here's the trouble with this. Yeah. It almost frames it as if this biker gang, it almost frames it as if this biker gang are, are vampire hunter heroes. That's kind of what I thought at first. Which is very, very far from the truth. Yeah. They're all wielding medieval weaponry. The leader has a crossbow and the second in command has a hand axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a chopper, if you will. Yes, it's very good. It's a good pun. And just immediately, without establishing, hey, who's this biker gang? Who are these occultists? What's going on? The biker gang just absolutely massacres, decimates, murders every one of the Satanists. And again, you would be forgiven for thinking, oh, this is a group of people trying to prevent demons or something. But no, I'm pretty sure they're just a murderous gang of of motorcyclists who are like, ah, these people are out here and maybe are Satanists. Let's just kill them. Let's kill all of them for fun. And they do. Yeah. Uh, from, From what I understand, they killed that entire group of people with no consequences that were like legal, uh, they killed them all be- because they were on their turf, <laughs> which they weren't because they don't return to that turf. And also they were just some Satanists trying to summon a, a devil. <laughs> yep. And let me tell you, the summoning does work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, a, and I'm not going to harp too much on the effect of this little demon. It was again, a, incredibly low budget film from 1990 which as a quick tangent i could have if you had asked me before i looked it up i would have sworn mid 70s for this movie <laughs> but no uh and it first inhabits one of the the summoners and then pretty immediately goes into the motorcycle i don't know why it didn't just go into the motorcycle to begin with but whatever 
And okay. bada bing, bada boom, we got a vampire motorcycle on our hands, folks. And if you're wondering, how does it go into one and then the other? Well, me too. The man, he goes to his motorcycle, which no longer has petrol, which is a gas for you Americans out there. Right off the bat, we're going to be doing a lot of bad British impersonations through this episode. I can feel it. We both enjoy doing them. It's going to happen. Sorry if you're from across the pond, as it were. But we're... They're also going to be loud each time because I can't do an imp- an impression or impersonation without becoming louder. I don't. And know that's why. for any of them. Yes. Uh, it, English, uh, Shrek, anything. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, John. <laughs> so uh, the 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 vampire hunter who's not a vampire hunter and is just the leader of a gang who's a bunch of psychotic crazy people. Uh, he fires his crossbow into the motorcycle, which. It gets rid of the petrol, done it. Uh, so it's <laughs> empty. The tank's empty. Uh, and this newly summoned demon devil thing is in a guy and it has a red eye in the man because it's on the poster and it's a visual, I guess. So that's a thing. And then he goes there over there and he's like, I'm going to start my motorcycle because... For some reason, Zombie Demon is a motorcycle enthusiast. Everyone in this movie is. Yep. Everyone. <laughs> so he goes, oh, look, the gas tank has a hole in it because of the crossbow that guy has for some reason. And the solution isn't to, like, patch up the tank. It's to fill the tank that, yes, still has a hole with his blood. He just opens up his neck and bleeds into it which is why it becomes a vampire and not just a demon yeah i was confused about their terminology a lot Mm -hmm. because it because i've never i know vampires are like you know of that same world but they're usually very clear delineations between them you you know but Mm -hmm. sort of interchangeable in this movie (laughs) yep uh so so that happens and then this bike works because it got some blood which Okay, Uh, so I don't really know where to go from there because one more event really happens within the next like two or three minutes of this opening of the movie. And then that's pretty much 90% of the story. Yeah, I, I wrote down as a note, it only takes seven minutes to possess the motorcycle, which was a huge positive in my thought. Mm-hmm. because i was like cool we're just gonna get to it here's the vampire motorcycle this is gonna this is the pace they're gonna have the whole movie no it is rapid fire for the first seven minutes and then it comes to a screeching halt with the introduction of our heroes i guess nick Audi or naughty and his girlfriend kim whose name i didn't learn until 45 minutes into this movie that's fair that's fair. Um, there's also one other named character whose name is emphasized several times, and then you'll learn his name, and then you won't need to have known his name. Baza? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Buzzer, but yes. That's what I said. That's just, that is the correct way to pronounce it, John. I went to the theater school. Uh, uh, yeah, so basically, it goes how you think. Naughty. Our main character 
buys the vampire motorcycle. So he has bought a vampire motorcycle, as the title implies. And, like, it murders his friend Buzzer or whatever. And, like, that's fine. Because <laughs> he stole his petrol cap. And that's fine. And... Okay. <laughs> Re- real quick, before we get to the two dream sequences in a row... Mm-hmm. There is one more character you should know about, and that's Inspector Cleaver, who is my second favorite character. No, third favorite character in this movie. I just got to say, they made a choice with Inspector Cleaver yeah. that I respect. And it's a very strong choice. And it's they gave him a theme song. Yes, he has his own little, uh, maybe even a light motif, if mm-hmm. you if you want. Uh, that plays every time. It's incredibly silly, uh, which is great. It's like got Pink Panther vibes almost. It's definitely like reminiscent of, oh, this is a slapstick comedy moment or character. And it's constant. If he is in there and it's like focused on him, this sound or song is playing. Including when he is bringing Naughty into the grisly blood everywhere uh, apartment of his murdered friend and showing him his severed head like it's they they're like no he's on screen we got to play the silly song it's got to be funny because he's in inspector and as i'm sure you'll you can see where this plot point will come back it is hard established. His breath is always reeks of garlic. And he doesn't know it. Yeah, I'm sure you already get it. But like, yeah, that comes back. <laughs> it comes back several times. And one of the times is just to be like, it's so powerful. It inspired part of a nightmare. Yeah, so let's get to those nightmares, Johnny. Uh, one, to continue our talk about the uh, the the his theme... It does have one of my favorite jokes in this movie. I can't even tell if it's intentional, but uh, the doorbell rings. Kim goes like downstairs to answer the door and you can hear like, uh, hello, I'm Inspector Cleaver. And you can hear his theme, but it's a little bit muffled and muted uh, (laughs) as if it's generated from like downstairs and through a few walls and like, I don't know if the sound was just bad there. I'm not going to give the movie enough credit to say that was on purpose. But if it was, that was that made me laugh a lot, actually. That was a good joke. Oh, if there's one thing about this movie that is just stand out, it is the sound work. Yeah, and I mean that in a good and very bad way. Yeah. If we didn't say, it is supposed to also be a comedy. It is a horror comedy. So it's trying to make jokes, and it makes me laugh. Those things... Very rarely intersect, though. Uh, But, John, tell us what happens. Actually, I want you to tell us what happens in the second dream sequence, because I don't want to do that. So I'll tell us what happens in the first of two back-to-back dream sequences. Okay, but I do want to preface. I want to say the the very first part of the first dream sequence. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so a girlfriend goes down, and uh, she's opening the door because... uh, terrible boyfriend is being terrible yeah and he at this moment immediately starts drinking and smoking a joint Mm -hmm. that's important all right you go uh yeah and then just the inspector comes in and you it's 
a normal scene for most of it. Like, he's just asking more questions about his friend Buzzer's death and if he possibly could have had something to do with it. Uh, and then just right at the end, he hands <laughs> Naughty a bag and said, oh, Buzzer wanted, Buzzer wanted you to have this. Uh, and he hands him the bag and he opens it up and it's Buzzer's severed head and it yells at him and then he screams and wakes up. It's great because this happens twice, but you'll figure out the other time. Uh, it looks at him in the bag and it says, hello, Noddy. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. A, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It almost seems like when he starts smoking that joint, that's when it becomes a dream. Immediately. <laughs> because... His girlfriend says, oh, you're going to be great company tonight. And then he starts smoking and then everything goes off the rails. First, it's like, oh, well, the inspector just barges into your house and you're just trying to hide the fact that you've been smoking weed. And then your girlfriend is very upset about how this man reeks of garlic. And this man makes a point to be like, I don't smell anything. And that's it. <laughs> okay. And so then, of course... Hello, Noddy. And uh, the man wakes up screaming and mm -hmm. sweating like crazy. He is just covered in sweat. And then the second uh, dream begins. I've got to establish. First dream sequence, you could say, maybe affects the plot or the storytelling in that Noddy is acting like Buzzer's death didn't bother him, but it is. Second dream sequence does not impact the story whatsoever. Go ahead, John. So the scene opens on a butt. We're staring in a toilet. We're looking at a butt. It's just yeah. very, a butt that is either just about to or has just pooped. Um, so that's something. I don't like that, but some people might think it's funny. Uh, and then the poop, the poop, is buzzer and it's yeah. the same it's the same thing it's the same dream of oh it's buzzer's head in a container of some sort sure and it says hello noddy and uh he looks into the toilet and the poop face is there and that's disgusting and terrible and they make you look at the poop for a bit and that's wild i would that's say bad yeah and then yeah the the poop flies out of the toilet and into Naughty's mouth. Yeah. And for the next good bit, we're just staring at this man, maybe trying to pull the poop out of his mouth, but you can tell it's one of those things where he's like biting down on whatever the prop is. Yeah. And he's just like pulling on something he's biting on so it won't go anywhere. Uh, and he's just got poop in his mouth for a very long amount of time. Maybe not as long as I think it was because I'm just very upset about it, but it's still far too long. Boy, it sure felt like a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the talking poop, <laughs> but I'll just repeat what I told John before we started recording, which is I'm not the most squeamish person in the world. Like it kind of takes a decent amount to gross me out to the point where I can't like interact. I can't engage with something. 
this this got there. I I fully had to turn away and not engage with this little scene until it stopped, which again felt like it was twenty minutes long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't twenty minutes long, so we'll give them that. Yeah, they they, there they was, showed some restraint there. I I guess there was an amount of restraint. So that happened. And that's it's terrible. And then he wakes up, and guess what? He's still super sweaty, but this time he's got his blankets or sheets stuffed in his mouth, and he's chewing on them for some reason. Okay, so that's that's just about the most uh, upset I was watching this film. Yeah, and it was if that was the worst moment in the movie is early in it. So once mm-hmm. you get past that. It's it's all uphill from there, baby. So we rushed into it and we skipped some bits. And something we need to point out is we said we, we described this man as not being a good guy, even if he's the protagonist. And one strong reasoning behind that is this man, his his uh, only friend, as far as I can tell, has been brutally murdered and decapitated. And he saw him after he had been just eviscerated. And the next day, maybe the same day even, he's just working on his uh, motorcycle, and he's fine. He is perfectly fine, and he's being he's being a dick about it to his girlfriend. He also grabs his girlfriend's boobs uh, from behind, and is just the horniest man alive. Uh, also, the bike... Would you agree with this statement? The bike is also seems horny. horny. The bike is horny for Kim. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the bike is very horny. The bike's horny for Kim, which is not great, but it doesn't actually play that much into the plot somehow. The mouth and eyes and probably a thousand other things of this creature is the headlight. Yeah. And it spends a while of... Just like, I'm going to show you the point of view of this thing as it's looking at things. And a good amount of that point of view is, oh, I'm looking at this woman's hind end. Haha. Nice. Pretty cool. Love it. Uh, (laughs) But after the dream sequence, he goes out for a ride on his bike. Yeah, the motorcycle, don't worry, is in the movie. It's not just talking poop. (laughs) And he passes by the motorcycle gang that randomly murdered all the Satanists. And the bike takes control and is like, ah, I don't like those guys and just sort of goes through them and causes them to crash. Uh, so this is our his first hint that something's wrong with his bike. Uh, so, yeah, that's very important. Yeah. The importance is uh, he slights the gang of... Yes. I don't know what to call them. <sighs> They're clearly murderous. Mm-hmm. They're clearly psychotic. Yeah. They're a biker gang. They're a lot of things. They are. They got a lot the, of stuff. I don't... Okay, the, the murder boys. Let's just call them the murder boys. Love that. Okay, so he slights the murder boys by riding dangerously, and then one of them falls off. And that's important, I guess. It's not. Just know the murder boys don't like Nani. And the bike doesn't like the murder boys, because huh? the murder, murder boys shot him once before he was him yeah so we go to buzzer's funeral only thing i'll mention about that is there's a gag where they 
can't afford a hearse or no buzzer wouldn't be caught be dead, dead in, in a one hearse. of those yep uh and so he's just the coffin's just in a motorcycle sidecar again mm-hmm. i kind of liked that gag uh but the rest of that scene is irrelevant <laughs> and then we're in a bar later they go to the bar uh, they just go to the bar and why do the, they go to the bar there's no to. reason they just yeah. go to the bar and they they go to establishments and places to eat like for the next 30 minutes they sure do uh <laughs> oops the murder boys show up and they they realize hey you're the guy from that motorcycle who who messed us up and there's a big bar fight uh which i gotta say includes maybe the worst sword fighting i've ever seen put to film what the word yeah it's pretty bad and then every once in a while it'll cut to kim doing like front flips and cartwheels and kicking these guys and i'm like oh kim's doing great and then it'll cut back to naughty and the lead murder boy very slowly and carefully swinging swords at each other and i'm like i mean come on we have an interesting combat but this isn't it so yeah they go to this place and then they order some stuff and the murder boys show up they're all angry because they recognize the motorcycle which is weird uh and the first thing that they do when they get in there is fire a crossbow, which is the primary weapon of the leader of the murder boys. And the bartender says, I told you not to bring that in here. Don't cause any trouble, which is what he knows they're going to do and is immediately what they do. Also, he fires it on the counter right in front of Naughty, and Naughty barely reacts. Like, he looks down at his nearly lost finger because it's like touching his hand. And he's like, oh, weird. Well, I guess I'm going to go now and not pay you. I'll just take my drinks and go. Sure. See, that's he's handing him money. The, the crossbow bolt is right above his hand immediately. And then he just stops handing the guy the money. And it's like understood. Oh, I'm in your establishment and a man just fired a crossbow at my hand. I'm no longer paying you. I mean, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's the big bar fight and all the while vampire motorcycle is out messing up the, the bikers bikes, the murder boys bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only like a few of them for some reason. Yeah. Which leads us to my second favorite character in this film. I'm going to call him Chopper. He is like very clearly the second in command of the murder boys. And he has a hand axe. And man, does this actor know exactly what movie he's in? Because he he just hams it up in a way that I actually really enjoyed, especially through his death scene uh, and how he like runs straight at the camera and screams into it. Uh, I don't know. This guy's weird. And I liked him. He makes strong choices, and they're very strong. Yeah, at least, like, so bad they're good movies have to at least be interesting, and this one teeters on not being interesting for so long that, mm-hmm. like, him coming in and doing that brought me back in for a while. But yeah, they get out, they go try to get Indian food, Chopper dies <laughs> at some point. I can't, the this Lucas, part was, of the movie... It was Chinese food. I apologize. Because uh, you're forgetting one of the best jokes they don't even say out loud. The uh, the restaurant, it, it was 
Foo King. Ah, classic. <laughs> classic, classic. I gotta say, the section of the movie we're about to go into from like here to where they introduce the priest character like the whole movie is edited and paced weird this little section i can't even remember what happens like the bike murders a bunch of people including most of the murder boys (laughs) yeah yeah and i think like we can go into more detail if you want john but like that's kind of what happens (laughs) the bike decides she says she wants shrimp or something, and garlic she wants shrimp. it with extra garlic. Yes. So the bike is like, huh, no. And he rides off with her and then knocks her off. And this is where the internal logic of this movie mm-hmm. really sh- really shines. Uh, yeah, she gets okay. knocked off and is almost killed. And then it finally notices that she's wearing a crucifix and then decides to leave her alone. Yeah, that, never that, mind the fact that she was wearing it the entire time she was riding it. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that was the question from Liz was, does it only matter if it sees the crucifix? Which, yes, it seems that way fully. Yep. Because it straight up knocks the crucifix to the ground yep. and put like pushes it away from someone. And that's just it. Yeah. OK, so Kim is now in the hospital for pretty much the rest of the movie. Because she fell off of the motorcycle and then it wanted to kill her, but didn't. The The biker gang is completely killed except for the leader who uh, gets something shoved into his butt. Classic. And then he goes to the emergency room. She says, take a seat. And he says, I'd rather stand. That's what we call in the industry a joke. And then Detective Cleaver shows up and immediately says, get that out of your butt. But also I'm arresting you right now. And... Haha, ha, I'm going to make fun of your pain, yeah. which is something that continues. Sure does. But then the shining light in this movie for me, the priest, who I think is literally just referred to as priest or the priest the whole time. I don't think he has a name is introduced. <laughs> He's also referred to as your holiness which and father and a vicar, which is also incorrect. It, it yep. is corrected. He, he keeps being like, that's not right. But Nadi finally realizes that his motorcycle's a vampire because it brings home a severed leg. Mm -hmm. Of someone who tried to give, who had the audacity to give a demon a ticket. Yeah, that's just not it, you know. Oh, also the bike kills a random sex worker, which was entirely unnecessary and tertiary to the plot. Uh, But he's like, I got to go see a priest about this. And he sees the priest, and the priest is pretty normal for a while. He's like, I don't believe you about your vampire bike. So he comes, and he sees the bike. He describes possessions as being out of vogue. Yeah, he's like, that don't happen. Demons aren't doing that no more. They don't They don't possess people anymore, and they don't ever uh, do technology. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> so he comes, and he says, I'll look at the bike, whatever, man. Uh and again, this is one of my favorite actual intentional gags of the movie. He's like, get on my motorcycle. And the priest is like, no, I couldn't be caught on that thing. And he goes to get his own vehicle and he pulls up with like a much radder, cooler motorcycle and a helmet with angel wings on it. Now, I got to say, uh, this is important. It is a tricycle. Yes. And that's great because even if this wasn't intentional, 
Holy Trinity, baby. Holy Trinity. <laughs> I've got to pretend it is. Because uh, uh, I really I, hope I, it is. I'm I'm trying my hardest to give this movie credit. Uh, because also in the... It might be here, it might be later. I can't remember. But in the scenes of them traveling to his house... You know, like a star wipe, John, when I say that, are you familiar <laughs> with what that means? Uh, my second favorite editing choice of this entire film. Uh, yeah. So if you're not a star wipe or let's start with a wipe, a wipe is just like uh, a transition from scene to scene where uh, you see some sort of like uh, part of the scene move in a line or a circle out to the next scene a star wipe is a very sort of like cliched version of this where in the shape of a star it transitions from the middle to uh the rest of the screen this movie doesn't have star wipes (laughs) this movie has crucifix wipes Mm -hmm. which is the most absolutely balls to the walls incredible choice i've ever seen yeah and it's not even just oh you can kind of tell no it's it's an outlined cross that they use (laughs) it's a very bold outline too it's supposed to be seen supposed to be noticed yeah it's incredible it's i maybe my favorite moment of the film was those crucifix wipes uh but he doesn't believe him uh, he tries to move the bike into the sunlight to prove it's not a vampire, but bike don't want to do that. Uh, so it cuts off his fingers with the brake. As mm-hmm. uh, he's like, oh, and then our priest goes from being a normalish priest who likes motorcycles to being the most insane character ever created. Uh, he starts just spouting off information about oh this is how you deal with possessions and vampires and everything about this. And also there are levels de- of demons. And I've studied this extensively. And uh, here is the hierarchy of hell. And I'm going to describe to you everything you could possibly want to know. And here is my litany of weapons. And also I was trained in combat. It's absolutely incredible. I don't know if you agree that the priest is the bright shining light of this movie, but he sure is for me. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. It's this movie's just so much. It's no, so much. It doesn't make it a good movie, but he is whenever he was on screen was when I was having the most fun in this movie at the very very least. I can see that. Yeah. John mis- mentioned weaponry. Mhm. Yeah. John, you know Chekhov's gun? Mhm. Where if a gun is introduced in the first act, it's got to go off in the third act. If well, what if said gun is akin to the holy hand grenade, but instead it's a, a holy ninja star, and it's introduced in the second to third act? It's introduced in the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie, but then what if Chekhov's gun disappears from the movie entirely? What if they spend a minute introducing crucifix shuriken which is able to go straight through stone with absolutely no hesitation and shows that this man should be extremely capable of combat and is also like sick as hell 
Like, I want every vampire hunter in every media from now on to have crucifix shuriken, but then it's completely dropped. It is not brought up again. Not only is that dropped, him being combat capable is not a thing. There are several people (laughs) who proceed to attack the motorcycle, and he's not one of them. Yeah. So, to wrap this sucker up, (laughs) like, again, the last bit of it, is just like 10 to 15 minutes of them trying and failing to demolish this beast <laughs> until it finally sort of works. We can touch on specific moments within that as much as you want. Um, when the priest became Jesus, that was weird, right? I was, I did forget about that. It gets pretty sacrilegious for a minute. Uh, <laughs> they even use the Holy Trinity and sacrilege that quite a bit, very effectively. Yeah, it's it's pretty... I didn't mind. <laughs> I, as I was watching, I was like, I bet John doesn't care for this bit. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was upsetting. Yeah, yeah. So, he... <laughs> so the man, he's doing the exorcism, but of course it's not just a, a run-of-the-mill demon, it's 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 one of the Lord Daemons, so it's going to have more strength, which means that it, the exorcism doesn't work. And then it throws him against the wall and crucifies him. He gets some st- stigmata. Yep, he's got stigmata and he's got the, the thorn of uh, the crown of thorns. And then he gets a holy glow about him, performs a far more uh, special exorcism. And it works, but then it doesn't. And then nothing ever comes of that either. Yeah, like Liz and I were very confused about that moment for a lot of reasons, but mostly because it just sort of, he says like enough in like a, with like sort of like a divine reverb, verb. and then it smash cuts to him just being fine. Like it doesn't show him like breaking free of the things that have impaled him in the hands and the barbed wire around his his skull, it just has him standing on the ground normally without any injury immediately mm-hmm. after that. With a, an ethereal holy glow about him, and he's still wearing the, the crown of thorns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, for a while, it yep. disappears at some point. Uh, and then it works. And they're like, oh, we're fine now. Oh, we're chill. We're Everything's good. And then it morphs into its secondary stage, which just means a bunch of gun thorns pop out of it, which is, from what I can tell, its primary method of killing is these weird gun thorns that just appear. And by gun thorns, I mean, they're like just spikes that also fire bullets. Yeah. And I will say one thing I will give this movie the final design of full demon bike is kind of sick. Mm-hmm. I was kind of pretty into that, especially I really liked the shattered glass headlight as its teeth and mouth. That was like mm-hmm. a cool design. It was, man, for some reason, I was so much more disappointed when I saw like it from the, the back or from the seat, like, oh, this looks amazing. And then from the front, the like horns kind of look a little dopey. Yeah. Like it's uh, not perfect, but like it's not, but it's still a, pretty great. They did a pretty decent job making a scary demon bike. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why it didn't have this cool design for most of the movie, but it didn't. Like it goes to the hospital, tries to get Kim, cuts a woman in half, which and and vampires for the like first time. Yeah, it fully like sticks out two random metal straws from somewhere. And if you're wondering, what do you mean by straws? They're straws. They're they're, they're metal straws. One hundred percent. That's what they are. And just it stabs her in the neck, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. sucks her blood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. It's a vampire. Like you've been claiming it is this whole time. When more, it just eats people for the first part of the movie. It murders a lot of people in strange ways. Uh, the way it does Chopper is the spikes appear through him and keep him on the bike, which I thought was neat. And then it throws him off and he hits a metal fence and immediately the metal fence warps into his body in a ridiculous way. But yes, it tries to kill Kim. She spends what seems like half an hour trying to get her crucifix from the ground. Well, she waits and watches it murder a few people. Then I was going to say, it seems like half an hour of her in bed or just generally not moving and screaming. Yeah. And then there's like 30 seconds of her trying to do something. Yeah. Which, again, we've seen her do flips and stuff in the bar fight. Kim is capable until she's not. They need her not to be. Mm-hmm. We move on from the <laughs> the hospital to our first fake out of the bike's death, where it just sort of finds Naughty. Yeah, it immediately leaves. It leaves the hospital. Cleaver's in the <laughs> hospital for some reason, and he's like, Oh, she's upstairs. And uh, the bike just goes by and they're like, oh, oh, no. And then they just ignore it and everything's fine. And then it immediately finds Naughty. He's having a smoke on a bridge after fleeing from the murder bike. He's apparently just like, ah, I need a smoke. Calm my nerves, I guess. Uh, they have a little fight tussle and he throws it into a river. And immediately is like, this has done the job. I have finished killing the motorcycle that has a demon in it. In his defense, there was a super ominous red glowy eye that then follows him and turns off anytime he looks at it. I guess. (laughs) But as a fake out, it chases him to a gym, (laughs) which is the location for our final showdown. Which it's such a specific choice that they make in this one because it's just a bunch of uh, weird buff dudes who are like super nice and also super mean and they're like really aggressive and immediately if anyone's like, oh, but I'm in danger, like, oh, let's help you. Yeah, so he goes there, the bike follows him around a little bit. Eventually Kim, Inspector Cleaver, and the priest arrive. And we get to our second fake out of the motorcycle dying, which just occurs from Naughty beating it in the headlight like three times with something vaguely heavy looking. Mm -hmm. And like, that's it. The priest is there. Like the priest knows the vampire demon rules. He knows (laughs) that just bludgeoning a vampire or demon to death isn't a thing. I understand that it's in a motorcycle. So maybe you're like, if I disable the mechanical bits of the motorcycle, that would be enough. But I don't know why anyone thought that would work. See, much worse than that, not only did someone think that would work, but someone else thought it would work 
after that. Yeah. And then someone else thought it would work after that. If only there were some specific crucifix weapon that we could have brought out to kill the motorcycle, or at least try to fight the motorcycle. But no, because then we move into a secondary room into the gym, and there's a sun lamp. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't stress enough that we've seen the motorcycle in the sun in this movie. It doesn't like to work in the sun, though. Which (laughs) is a choice. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But... There's a sun lamp and it doesn't like the sun lamp and it knocks the out the plug out from the outlet. Oh no. But then they just put it back in and Cleaver almost dies. But then, yep, you guessed it. His garlic breath saves him. That combined with the crucifix from the priest and Kim push it into the sun lamp and it melts. <laughs> and if you're wondering, what do you mean when it melts? It just melts. Yeah, it like melts. <laughs> over the course of a few minutes, this thing bubbles, turns to liquid, and just is a piece of paper by the end. Yeah. And then, in one of the weirdest editing choices of this movie, they look at it for a second, smash cut to the garage of Naughty, <laughs> where it's just later, I guess, and he's filing down a bolt, I guess, <laughs> for some reason. And we assume it's later because they're patched up. But what's that in the background? It's the tank. They kept the tank, the petrol, the petrol tank of the motorcycle, which was the whole thing. That's where the blood went. That was the part that was bad. But Mm -hmm. they kept that. They make a stupid joke on what to file on their insurance claim. Nadi cuts his hand on again. Do you know why he was filing down a bolt i couldn't say um is that a thing that makes sense to ever do um i want to say that i could think of a situation in which the answer is yes but the the older i get the more i'm pretty sure that's just nonsense okay sure he cuts his hand up real bad and they he grabs a random rag to clean it up and he and Kim's like, gross, that thing has oil and stuff on it. Don't put it on your wound. Let's mm-hmm. go clean it up inside. And he places the rag directly above the demon petrol tank, which I'm pretty sure melted a minute ago. But whatever. They had and, to change the tank out because, you know, the, the hole in it. Sure. Why not? And the blood falls into it and the motorcycle uses its psychic powers. It's got psychic powers that are established pretty late in the movie uh, (laughs) to bring the whole rag in there. And then the movie ends. And that's the movie. I'm sorry we took 45 minutes or more of our Cars podcast not talking about Cars and telling you the plot of this bad movie. But it's wild. And that's kind of the fun part for us of the origin story episodes. Or engine, I apologize. And that's what happens, and I bought a vampire motorcycle. Before we move on to cars, John, I have a trivia question for you, actually. Okay, okay, okay. One of the actors in this movie has, I can guarantee it, been in several movies you have seen. Do you, just with that information alone, do you have a guess of who it would be? 
and I'll keep giving hints if as you need them. You're not going to get this. This is just my favorite fun fact about this movie. All right, give me the first hint. I'll give you sort of two. First is, you wouldn't have seen his face, but you would be familiar with his voice. And I can narrow down the amount of movies he's been into somewhere between nine and 11 movies. Okay. Are they Star Wars movies? They are Star Wars movies. Very good. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, the priest is played by Anthony Daniels, who is C-3PO. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. He's C-3PO. <laughs> C-3PO's of this movie. I was thinking it's probably going to be like either the priest. Well, I was thinking first, uh, you know, uh, Detective Cleaver. Uh, and then I was thinking maybe the cops. Because mm-hmm. like any of the cops, maybe. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And like I looked it up on his Wikipedia page. And at least when it comes to movies, he has only ever had three roles in movies that weren't related to Star Wars in some way. Like, that's it. He was the voice of Legolas in an animated Lord of the Rings from 1978. One other part and the priest from I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle and then the rest of his film career is as C-3PO. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. And like, it's not even, I can't spend too much time on this or I'll just spiral. It's not even before his Star Wars fame. This movie was made in 1990. So this was in between the originals and the prequels. So he was, I don't know. I don't know. He okay. he didn't need to do this for money is what I'm saying. This was a passion project for this man. Apparently. But, John, this is at sometimes in name only a podcast about cars. But let's not have this be one of those episodes. It's not going to be hard for us to connect this to cars. We literally are, well, you literally already have a theory in which motorcycles are the vampires of the cars first, which is why we were so excited to that this movie existed in the first place. Because mm-hmm. you had that theory before we knew about this movie. Yep. The question is, how do the vampire motorcycles, how do they translate into human other vehicles? Yeah, because that's that is what I was struggling with, because they never really touch on at all the sort of transformation infection part of a vampire story, you know? like Mm -hmm. whatsoever like we get one vampire in this movie and it's because some folks devil worshipers we we, i know we're calling them hundreds of different things but i don't know what to call them uh summoned a demon and it went into a motorcycle (laughs) but so if i had to guess there has to be an equalization if you have a a demon in a motorcycle that means there needs to be a vehicle that has an angel in it. Well, we've already been there. Car from Supernatural, baby. Car from Supernatural, Angel Baby. So Angel <laughs> Baby comes down to like save the other vehicles. And I think the fact that this vehicle was able to be possessed by a demon shows that 
vehicles in general are approaching the ability to be sentient creatures. So somehow this will lead into the idea of things being able to be creatures similar to humans. So I think that just there's going to be some sort of holy war and then people will come from cars. As they must. Mm-hmm. As that's what is described in Revelations. Uh, but there are two tiny, tiny scenes in this movie that we didn't really touch on that I think give us some evidence for maybe trans transmission of the vampiric gene or whatever it's called. One is, and I couldn't tell if they were implying vampiric thrall in this scene or not, but there is a scene, uh, and it's right after we see the bike is real horny for Kim, in which she's like, now I don't want to go on the ride on that bike right now, please. I'm going to do other stuff. Uh, Spot on. <laughs> yes. And then Naughty goes, is like, yeah, fine. I'm going to go find my helmet or whatever. And she looks at the bike and there's some like sort of weird sound effects. And she seems almost drawn to it. And she like almost sensually runs her hand along it and gets on it. And Naughty comes back and is like, Oh, you change your mind then, love. Uh, and she s- almost seems like she like shakes out of it and is like, uh, no, I don't want to come. So that kind of, again, implies that sort of vampiric thrall that I remember us talking about in a recent episode, how vampires can bring people under their hypnotic influence. Lucas? Yeah. I am happy that you did not go where I believe this movie wanted you to go. Okay, sure. Earlier on in the film, one of them made a a horny joke about, ha ha, you want to just sit on the thing for a bit? Because it was... At motorcycles, <laughs> uh, when, when they're on, uh, that you're really close to that engine, which means you, you get a strong vibration. And the joke is that I'm pretty sure she was horny for the motorcycle. See, I I agree with you that I don't trust this movie enough not to have that be what they're implying. But the, again, there were a sound effect or two that made it seem supernatural, at least. Like, okay. even if she was horny for the motorcycle, this is a weird podcast we do. I think it was because of some of the motorcycle's vampiric demonic powers. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, and, well, there is another example, of course, of vampiric thrall. And it's not a person this time. Yeah, I think I know exactly what you're going for. It was, this was my other scene. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And that is when the priest who, at this point, I don't know if we said it, uh, lost his fingers because mm-hmm. he tried to move the motorcycle into the sunlight uh when he's traveling back with naughty he has to ride with naughty and the motorcycle just dies when the demon motorcycle decides i don't want them to get here in time so he just wills the other motorcycle to just stop so clearly this motorcycle has some sort of link thrall or otherwise to this 
motorcycle it spent some amount of time with. Yeah. So we've got an example of the motorcycle having power over humans and an example of it having power over other vehicles. And even doors. Yeah, it it can psychically grab rags, open doors, do some other stuff. (laughs) But I said that as if I was coming to some larger point, and I think it was the end of the point was humans' vehicles become one but I didn't have a middle part for it. Can you help me out, John? I think it just shows that there is some sort of similar connection of you can't control the will of something if it doesn't have a will. And mm. they it clearly made the other motorcycle want to not run anymore. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think that's absolutely fair. And I think, okay, here I, I've gotten my part of the point also. If he can like put his will his thrall on both vampires and people that to me also implies that he could maybe convert both uh, other vehicles and people uh and i think a vampire motorcycle converting a human would make them at least a little mechanical uh in the same way it converting another vehicle would make it more sentient and like person like hmm. so i guess what i'm getting to is maybe that cycle just keeps going keeps going the humans that are converted just keep getting a little bit more mechanical and the vehicles that are converted just keep getting more and more sentient and person like until we meet in the middle they're indistinguishable from each other boom there's mater okay now what if It's worse than that. I don't like it, but it probably is. Go ahead, John. What if it's just vampire has sex with lady? I see where you're coming from, John. And that like, yeah, the motorcycle was horny for Kim. And I see your argument that maybe Kim was horny for the motorcycle. (laughs) So maybe we have a Titan situation on our hands. Yes, we know about Titan. You don't have to... That was the goal. The goal was Titan, but then this instead yeah it's only out in theaters right now and quite frankly i'm not going to pay to sit and be forced in a dark room to watch that movie during a pandemic so once it's on streaming we'll do an episode on it if you don't know what we're talking about count yourself lucky (laughs) yeah maybe maybe the motorcycle once it's back to life kim is kim is understandably like you know what naughty sucks he All he does is insult her and call her dumb and treat her like an object. So maybe she's like, this motorcycle's actually cooler than my boyfriend. And she enters a consensual relationship with the motorcycle. They have a baby. Now, do you want to hear my third theory, which I think is the most likely in this scenario of how do other vehicles exist that are people? Go for it. What happens when you get bit by a vampire and it doesn't kill you? Oh, yeah, Naughty becomes a vampire. Uh, Yeah, you become a vampire if you are bit and not killed. Now, the fangs touched. I don't know if they ever broke skin, but it seems like they would have. Even if they didn't, he several times got big old gashes on his arms, legs. He He got tore up by that motorcycle. 
he's got some vampire venom in him, probably. Yeah. And then I guess my description of he becomes slightly more mechanical happens is the continuation of that. And if you're wondering how we think that might even look or anything, I think it's going to look kind of like the reverse of that melting vehicle. Yeah, it won't look pretty. The first ones aren't going to look good. <laughs> but It's, it's going to take a while. Okay, I've got one more theory for us. All right. You know what this motorcycle reminded me of, John? Uh, Ghost Rider? No, but that's fair. Uh, <laughs> it was the tire from Rubber. Okay. I, th- I think this motorcycle and the tire from Rubber have a decent amount in common. They both have psychic powers. They're both horny for human women. Uh, and they're both psychotic murderers. So I'm going to go ahead and just say I bought a vampire motorcycle prequel to Rubber, and this is just something that happens sometimes. <laughs> rubber is just another instance of a demon or something getting into a wheel or a vehicle. Uh, and then from there, our Rubber theory happens, and our Rubber theory was just hey, yeah, at the end of Rubber, there is a vehicle uprising. So, yep, bada-bing. Yeah. Sort of a, a choose-your-own-theory uh, here at the end. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let, let's, let's, at least to be fair, both choose our favorite. Rubber's too easy, so I'm not going to go Rubber. I also don't want to do the sex with a human woman. So I guess, yes, I like yours where Naughty is secretly infected. Now we could we could combine our two favorite theories. My favorite theory is that there is a consensual sexual relationship between the motorcycle and a woman. Yeah, okay. No, I I'm going to get there. The motorcycle either Naughty's just transformed or the motorcycle fully transfers his consciousness into Naughty. Then they have sex with Kim and bada bing demon spawn motorcycle baby. Yeah. Ooh close i was thinking naughty is now infected with the virus but remains human but the baby that comes out of him and his girlfriend's relationship is half motorcycle <laughs> okay yeah why not sure we gave you several pick your favorite people watch this movie or don't i don't know man it's a really personal choice whether you want to watch this or not i think you hear i guess talk about it you know if you want to watch it or not. <laughs> but, John, now we come to the part of the origins where we do the rankings. <laughs> All right. How good was the movie? Okay. I'm going to give it two rankings on how good it was. Because just a pure how good it is, one out of ten stars. It was, it's <laughs> an absolutely horrible movie. <laughs> how much... I enjoyed the movie, again, as a person who enjoys So Bad They're Good movies. A six or seven. Like, there are better So Bad They're Good movies. But this was fun. And some of the things that I think were meant to be funny were funny. And a lot of the things that weren't meant to be funny were also funny. Which is a great mix in a So Bad They're Good, in my opinion. Okay. Now for me? Yeah. I'm going to say three. Out of? Out of 10. Just purely as a movie or as a so bad they're good? Because that's either... As a movie. 
Okay, that's because I'm high. deeply upset with how well made this movie was. Because what this says to me is that clearly it was a not well made or well written movie, like from a continuity or from a does this make sense standpoint. But also, like the production value is weirdly high. Uh, like at times, knowing how making a movie works yeah it's deeply upsetting to see that this movie was made <sighs> clearly this movie had a lot of work put into it i'm not gonna say it was high quality work or that the decisions that were made were good but as far as movies in general as a whole go there are worse movies and this movie was unpleasant to watch but it wasn't painful to watch yeah and one last stipulation on mine. Again, the first half is a bit of a chore. The second half, I had fun watching. Like, genuinely enjoyed watching it, even though it was horrible. Uh, again, Anthony Daniels Priest, shining star for me. I thought for a second that his name was Anthony Daniels Priest. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. Now we get into how fun we thought our theory was. Do we want to do how fun or how how likely first? I guess I guess let's go with how fun. Yeah. So this has nothing to do with how good of a job we did, just how much fun we had talking about specifically the theory. And that's for <laughs> me where this one loses some points. Because I had genuinely a lot of fun watching this movie and then talking about it with my buddy John here. The theory as so often happens with these sort of one-to-one, like, yeah, it's a vehicle that's alive. It's just like, yeah, it's a vehicle that's alive. It, it takes over. It's even alive at the end of the movie. So it just takes over and then cars happens. That being said, the f- fun weirdness of the movie rubs off a little bit on the theory enough for me to give it like a f- four or five. I'll say a five. Okay. So for fun... I'm going to go with this movie was too absolutely bonkers for me to be able to theorize and not just think constantly. Boy, howdy, this movie was weird. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So I'm going to have to say it was like a five. Fair enough. Then we go into likelihood of our theory, which, as I always point out, does not mean how like we how likely we think the creators at Pixar are going to be like, man, y'all got it. What? But just how good of a job we did making it make sense with other stuff we said. So this one, I mean, we already said, we've already said motorcycles are vampires. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be another 10 out of 10. It's not a it's 10 not. out of 10. The magic isn't the same kind of magic. Yeah, but it's no lower than an eight. For me, at least. I was going to say eight. Yeah. See, what else have we given an eight? Let me look here. Wally. Yeah, we did pretty good with Wally. Our two tens were rubber and maximum overdrive, and it's not rubber and it's not maximum overdrive. So I think eight out of ten is good. Yeah, I think this is an eight out of ten because living creature inhabiting. Uh, a motorcycle 
it's a vampire motorcycle, which already fit into our theory beforehand. That's all well and good. But also, like, it's a demon, and it's a vampire, and there's no just, like, normal living creature or living creature that has some sort of magic that might evolve it into a human. Yeah. Because demons tend to only become more demon. Yeah, that's the big failing of our theory, is we maybe worked out how more people get infected with vampirism we Mm -hmm. did not then convert that from okay they're vampire cars but they have to be normal cars (laughs) so yeah that's fair but yeah that was our episode on i bought a vampire motorcycle i sure had fun and i hope you did too i don't know why i said fun like that but who cares thanks so much for listening we sure do appreciate it and we appreciate it every time. Some of you have maybe listened to every episode. We don't have data on that, so I can't say it for sure. So I don't know why I did say it. Anyway, if you want to reach out to us, give us some ideas for episodes. Maybe you have a movie or a series you've been thinking, this would be perfect for origin stories. Or you have a historical event that you've been thinking, they got to do a moment in history about this. We want to hear it. So you can send us an email at our email, which is thekachat at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us and follow us on Twitter at thekachat. Neither of those have a hyphen in there, even though we got a hyphen on our name. Ain't we a stinker? John, say your stuff that you say. Thank you for listening. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky, crazy, strange little podcast. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And... Sting like a beamer, because it's a Halloween vampire episode. Could you tell that was a vampire voice? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. At first, I thought it was going to be uh, proper British, but it wasn't. It was yeah. vampire. Yes, because we've been doing it the whole time. Well, Governor, good day. <laughs> Cheerio, pip pip, did you do? Double decker buses, Ringo Star. <laughs>